welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friend. I'm Marcy Farrell from ThankfulHomemaker.com, and I'm so glad to be with you today and at the start of a new year. This is the first podcast of the new year for me, and I think it's a great one to start with. We are continuing on in our Sermon on the Mount series very slowly, so thank you all for hanging in here with me. But we are continuing, (laughs) and I do believe that we're going to finish this series this year even. So today we're going to be working through Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. And I have a couple quick things to share with you before I dig in, because it's been a little bit since I've been here with you. And one is a conference that my husband and I attend regularly and have for many years now. I've shared it with you before, but I want to share it with you again because it's coming up on the calendar. Um, I do want it to be one that you get on your calendar if you can make it work for you and your family this year. But it's the G3 National Conference. It's held every other year in Atlanta. This year, it's in September. It's from September 21st to 23rd of 2023. And it's on the sovereignty of God. So just a great topic this year. Speakers are Steve Lawson and Paul Washer and Vody Bacham, Virgil Walker, Josh Bice, and there's many more yet to come on the speaker list. And I'm even going to have a booth there this year. I'm a bit excited and I'm a bit nervous about that, but I know it will be good. And I'm so grateful to have a spot where I can meet any of you that come to the conference. So besides the the sessions, the teaching time, the fellowship is my favorite part. And the bookstore, can't forget to mention that most incredible bookstore. I love the bookstore. So I want you to know this too. First off, it's family friendly. Kids 10 and under are free. And if you use the code G3TH, again, that was G3TH. I'll put that in the show notes too, so you don't have to remember it you get 30% off your registration. That's a huge amount, 30% off. So it's a good deal. At this point, as I'm recording this, there's still some discount pricing going on. So get your tickets early because then you save even really quite a bit of money, especially if you're using the code. So it's worth the investment of your time and money to attend. So I hope to see you there. I hope to get to hug you in person, friends. So ponder, pray, talk about it as a family. This year, my daughter and her kiddos are going to head down with my hubby and I. I'm super excited. The website for it is g3min.org. It's g3min.org. And I'll link to all that. And again, the code was G3TH. So my next bit of housekeeping here is to remind you, if you don't already subscribe to my bi-monthly newsletter, because it's usually twice a month, sometimes less, sometimes an additional one in there, but usually just twice a month, it's where I share with my subscribers resources, recommendations, encouragement. I usually write a little devotional. That's just for my subscribers. And they also get access to the free printable library, which has free downloads of things like the weekly cleaning schedule, quiet time guide, menu planner, ebooks, much more. So check it out at the link in the show notes too. I'd love to get to connect with you through email. Plus, if I ever get super tired of social media, and I do have my moments on that, we can still communicate and keep in touch with one another. So on to our episode for the day. This is a portion of our text 
That's one of my favorites. It's one I've personally memorized to keep hidden in my heart for the many moments that I need to be reminded of its truths. And we're working through today, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. And I've titled it, There is No Need to Worry. I struggle with the title on this one. Lots of options, but I've settled here. There is no need to worry. Pretty simple. I could just end this episode with that one sentence. There is no need to worry, but I won't stop there because I know my heart and your heart could probably use a bit more truth and encouragement than just that thought. So the truth of God's word, though, does an amazing work in our hearts. I want to begin by reading the whole text to us. So this one in this section of scripture in my Bible in the ESV is titled, Do Not Be Anxious. So starting in verse 25 of chapter 6 of Matthew. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So the last several Sermon on the Mount episodes had us working through a section in Matthew chapter 6 on not being a hypocrite. And we worked through the areas of giving and prayer and fasting. And and, in those particular sections, Jesus was dealing with our private Christian life. And now he's addressing our public life and our issues with the world. Because remember in our previous episode, it was episode 131, Where is Your Treasure? And that's where we worked through Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 24, we worked through how Jesus was warning us of the problem in dealing with our material possessions. And today, we're dealing with our sister problem to that, materialism, worry. If our hearts are focused on our material possessions, it will lead to worry or anxiety, whether we're rich or poor. So in our text today, Jesus warns us three times to not worry. Verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Verse 31, do not be, therefore do not be anxious. Verse 34, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow. I feel like I can pretty confidently say here that we all struggle with worry at times in our lives, maybe daily, maybe it's not about our possessions, but I'm sure it can be at times. Lack of money causes us to worry. If you're a mother, I'm sure you have many moments of worry. We worry about jobs, relationships, health, the future, and then add in all those lovely what-ifs that we create in our heads. So before we move on, I want to clarify that having concern, good concern, is different than worry. But don't use this as an excuse for your worry, okay? Let's stop there because I could do that very easily myself, so I'm just stating that. But Martin Luther stated we should be, we should be anxious 
about the spiritual condition of others. And he referenced the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 28 to 29. Let me read that text to you. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak, and I am not weak. Who is made to fall, and I am not indignant. So concern is good. And we want to be diligent to think things through and plan. This isn't this laxy-daisy kind of attitude of, hey, whatever happens, happens. We want to be concerned about the state of our hearts and deal with our sin. Those are definitely things we need to be concerned about. I think your Psalm 51 and Psalm 32. I appreciate how R. Kent Hughes stated it. He was a huge help to me in putting this one together. I really um, utilized his commentary quite a bit here, just working through it. He said, some concern is good. But Jesus is counseling us against worry that is self-centered and has at its root a lack of trust in God. No good architect does a good job building a bridge without sometimes waking up at night and checking his figures, the quality of his medals, and the quality of his design. No great athlete performs to his or her best without some concern about what he or she is doing. The distinction is sometimes very subtle. A preacher might be honestly concerned about his sermon, that it be true to the text, practical, spoken in the power of the Holy Spirit and in love. Or he might simply be worried about his reputation. The first is healthy and godly. The second is not. End quote there. But So we're going to work through why we don't need to be anxious by being reminded of the confidence that we have in our Heavenly Father to meet perfectly all of our needs. I said needs there, not wants, all of our needs. And we see this very clearly in especially verses 25 and 32. Sinclair Ferguson reminds us here, he said, Jesus is teaching that is not a form of the power of positive thinking. The problem with anxious people is not merely that they think negatively about life. It's much more radical than that. Anxious people think untheologically about life. Let me repeat that sentence from his quote because it's, if you can't say, if it's, it's one of those things where I'm going <laughs> to quote Buddy Bakum here, if you can't say amen, you got to say ouch kind of moments. Anxious people think untheologically about their life. He continues, he says, their mistake is not that they have low self-images, it's that in all their thoughts, There's no room for God. It's only when their focus upon the Lord is restored that they can finally experience the conquest of anxiety. So that's my hope as we walk through and work through this text together today, that as we focus on the Lord, that we can do battle and we can conquer our anxiety. And as always, all those quotes will be in the show notes at at the blog at thankfulhomemaker.com. So that's sort of a long intro. It was part of it, but it's sort of a long intro. So let me just read a portion of our text that we're going to start working through. I'm going to read from 25 to 30 here, just to get our minds refreshed here again. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? 
So you would think that Jesus was watching our current TV commercials or reading our modern day magazines or scrolling social media. He begins with these three areas of the world's cares. He starts there with what we eat, drink, and wear. And I think about even this is because I'm putting this together at the beginning of a new year, how just the new year is such a start of diet and exercise and and even things like reading. You know, what are we going to do to, quote, better ourselves? That's the world's thinking. And we can get caught in that thinking too. There's nothing wrong with bettering ourselves, but our hope is to better ourselves for God's glory and for his work. So we're coming back here to asking ourselves, where does our treasure lie? And this holds true no matter our financial status. Jesus is addressing the issue here of self-indulgent. He's not saying to despise clothing or food or drink, but if we see life as only a matter of what we wear or eat or drink, we're going to find ourselves anxious and we're forgetting as Jesus tells us there at the end of verse 25, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Everything, everything we have comes from God, right? Our life, food, drink, the ability to work and earn money to provide for our needs, all that comes from God. We need food and we need clothing, but our problem comes in when they become our masters. We can't serve two masters. We don't need to have the best of things or the latest fashions or the fanciest food, and there's nothing wrong with those things, but they're not needed to live a full life. Jesus is reminding us here, is our life not more than food and the body more than clothing? The audience Jesus was speaking to was so aware of of these daily necessities. They had barely beyond their basic needs. Their livelihood depended on seasonal rains, and they would have a lot of stress just over where was their basic food and clothing? Where were those needs going to be met? So when we find ourselves being anxious about these things and we worry, it can really paralyze us. It can cause us to think the worst, and it takes God out of the picture. It's not giving him the glory he's due. So I do want to point out clearly here, as we go through, to not lose this thought, worry is sin. When we're worrying over things and not just things like food and clothing, when we're worrying about anything, we are sinning. When we worry, we want to take control of things. We're not trusting God in that moment. When we have concern over issues, now again, when we have concern, it motivates motivates us to do something and keeps our focus on what is most important. If we have godly concern, our primary focus will be the Lord and his glory. We will take our concerns to the Lord in prayer. We will hope for the best and have a heavenly mindset. We're going to focus on things that are above and not on earth. I'm thinking here Colossians 3, 1 through 4 is going to be our guide and focus. Let me read that text. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. When our priorities are wrong, our hearts are going to be anxious. Let me say that again. When our priorities are wrong, our hearts are going to be anxious. Jesus tells us as we walk through this passage how we're to think rightly about the whole of life. 26, right? Verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Our good Father is one who takes care of all the details in his great care of us. And we see that in how he cares for the birds of the air. If he cares for them, why would we think that he would care less for those he has redeemed, which came at a great 
Christ, the death of his son. And now, being in Christ, he calls us sons and daughters. We're his beloved children. This text doesn't allow for laziness or neglecting our responsibilities. We are to work. We're to do all our work as unto the Lord, right? And if you just watch the birds of the air, they're, they're busy, right? The food's not just dropping in their lap. They're working for it. But the reminder is, we can see how God cares for the birds, and we are of so much more value to him than they are. They don't call him father. We do. Don't be anxious about the essentials of life. We're commanded not to worry and told specifically why we don't need to. Why don't we need to? Because the Lord cares for us. We need to trust him. Our father is going to provide for us everything we need in this life. He knows exactly what we need. He loves us and he's going to take care of us. Verse 27 says, And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? Well, isn't this the truth? Where has worry ever gotten us, right? Besides lack of sleep and just ruining our day. But Corey Ten Boom stated this perfectly. She said, worry is like a rocking chair. It keeps you moving, but doesn't get you anywhere. So worrying about things is not going to add anything to our lifespan. It's just going to make the lifespan we have miserable, and we're going to make everyone around us miserable. It definitely doesn't change our situation, and it takes away from us enjoying the life we do have. Ray Pritchard had a sermon on this text, and I want to share a part of it. It might be one of those things we worry about. It's, he's referencing here the day of our death, and he said here, he said, you're going to die someday. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe later this year, maybe not for 50 years, maybe suddenly, maybe slowly. Only God knows how it will happen. But that means you are living on borrowed time. Only God knows when your time is up and your appointment has come. That means you don't have to worry about dying. That's out of your hands. Therefore, you're free to relax, enjoy life, live each day to the fullest, and go for all the gusto you can get and let God worry about how things turn out. I like how Martin Luther stated it. He said, pray and let God worry. So verse 28 through 30 gives us a beautiful picture of, as one commentator called it, divine logic. So let me read 28 to 30 here. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So we're just bringing that reminder home again of how he cares for the birds and these beautiful, magnificent flowers that are going to be mown down. Martin Luther shared, he said, it seems that the flowers stand there and make us blush and become our teachers. Thank you, flowers, you who are to be devoured by cows. God has exalted you very highly that you become our masters and our teachers. So let's remind ourselves again of verse 25. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? We've been given the gift of life. If we're in Christ, we've been given the gift of eternal life. God is going to take care of these daily things. Our Kent Hughes said, he said, consider the birds, consider the flowers, and rest in him. Great little reminder there. And why don't we have to be anxious, my friend? If we're in Christ, we are God's children. John 1, 12 through 13 reminds us, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. 
And Matthew chapter 6 there as we're moving down the passage here, 31 through 34, reminds us we are his children and he's going to provide all we need. Let me read to you 31 to 34 there in Matthew 6. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So if we find ourselves anxious about all these things, who are we compared to? We're compared to those who are not in Christ. We're compared to those who are not God's children, who do not belong to him. It's referencing there the Gentiles, but those are those who are outside of Christ. Those in the world, they put all their value and worth in what they wear and eat and drink. They seek material things for comfort and status. Their life is what is seen. Ours needs to be in what is unseen. As Christians, we need to remind ourselves of verse 32, that our Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So now, how are we to live? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. As a young believer, I remember an older woman in my life who I just really loved sharing this verse with me and reminding me to ask myself, are my choices honoring to God? Are they advancing his kingdom? These are powerful questions to ask ourselves when we find ourselves anxious and worrying over situations we have no control over. R. Kent Hughes shared, he said, seeking his righteousness involves making his righteousness attractive in all areas of life, personal, family, material, international. The Lord tells us that the one who does this is approved. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. That was our Matthew 5, 6. Matthew 6.33 marvelously encompasses our evangelistic and social responsibilities, which we are to carry out with fervor one day at a time, end quote there. That one day at a time that he kind of ends there with that quote, it's important because we move to one of my favorite reminders to myself, Matthew 6.34, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I don't need to worry about tomorrow. You don't need to worry about tomorrow. I only need to deal with today. Let me quote Corey Ten Boom again. She said, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. And George MacDonald said, no man ever sank under the burden of the day. It's when tomorrow's burden is added to the burden of today that the weight is more than a man can bear. So how often do we do this? How often do we think ahead? How often do we add those what-if scenarios and make ourselves unproductive for the day because we're thinking about things we have no control over and can't do anything about? Not only are we being anxious about today, but now we're adding in tomorrow and we're being anxious over things that may never even happen. Oh my goodness. We need to take it one day at a time, moment by moment. Martin Lloyd-Jones stated it. Here is the quota for today. Very well, take that and deal with that. Do not think of tomorrow. You will have tomorrow's quota, but then it will be tomorrow and not today. I really like that. So I know sometimes people can try to reason with us or or we may find ourselves trying to reason with others about how how they're worrying. It's not helping the situation. And and so many times you might hear this typical, yes, but 
kind of add that but in there. And then you go on, or you go on saying, but you don't know my situation. And uh, we may not know it. We may not know the situation, right? But we can know this, that worrying about it is not going to change or help anything. So when you find yourself in this vicious cycle of worrying about tomorrow, remind yourself of Jesus's words. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Put that verse to memory. Act on it. Pray through it. Ask the Lord to help you with that. Psalm 119.11 comes to mind here of the importance of hiding God's word in our hearts and minds. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Worry is sin. We can't take any of our sin lightly. It caused Jesus to go to the cross. And what is the cure for our worry? By seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. Jesus did not leave us wondering here, but he laid it out for us so clearly. Spend time in this whole passage, this whole chunk of passage. Work through it. Meditate on it. Memorize it, especially if this is an area you struggle in. I shared some thoughts on my Instagram page as I was putting together this episode. This text is its one of my favorites because it addresses our anxiety. And this is something I struggle with. It was also one of my first larger sections of scripture I memorized as a new believer. And I shared there in that particular post on Instagram how I was so grateful to spend time camping in it, to put this podcast together because it reminded my heart of how much my Heavenly Father cares for me, right? Look at the birds of the air. That worrying never gets me anywhere. Who by worrying adds a single hour to his span of life? I don't need to worry about the necessities of life because my Father in Heaven provides exactly what I need, right? Life is more than food and clothing. So my reminder to us is that, my dear friend, we have a tender, loving, caring, all-knowing Father who purchased our redemption at the cost of the life of his Son. Why would we have to worry about anything? But we do. So I pray that our heart returns to this reminder and redirects our thinking. And when we do that, our focus is on his righteousness and we're seeking his kingdom first. Now our priorities are right. And we're reminded as one of his precious children that he will provide all we need. And you know what? We know this. He not once has ever failed us. As Sinclair Ferguson states, he says, if in the face of Jesus's teaching, we remain anxious, it's either because we do not yet understand him or we do not yet trust him. In either case, the fault is ours, not his. For he not only diagnoses the cause of worry, he provides its cure. He is its cure. And I want to end with some words here from R. Kent Hughes. He says, reject the secular reductionist mindset. You are more than a body. Along with this, refuse to focus on the world's trinity of cares. Consider the birds and the flowers. If God cares for the lesser, what will he do for the greater, for us? Do not live in the future. Live now. Put your arms around your spouse right now. Take a walk with your child today. Enjoy the life God has given you. And I end with how I always end because Jesus truly is enough, my dear friend. I am so, so grateful for your time today. You can find the show notes at my home on the web at thankfulhomemaker.com. And it'll be linked um, to this post directly wherever you're listening to this on whatever podcast catcher app you're listening to. And I hope wherever you're listening on a podcast, subscribe. That way you don't miss an episode. I know I've been kind of erratic lately and I'm not sure what the year holds for me, but I hope to get um, back to 
posting or um, getting an episode up a little more frequently than I have. So that's my hope. So if you subscribe on your podcast catcher app, it'll just pop up for you. And if the podcast has been a blessing and encouragement to you, would you please just take a couple of minutes, leave one of those lovely five-star ratings and reviews wherever you listen in. I'd so, so appreciate it. It encourages me. I read them all and it helps others to find the podcast. So my dear friend, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so, so much for your time today. And I do pray that you have a very blessed week. Mm -hmm.